0: This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. How are you doing? All right. Um, I'm kind of excited, actually. I've, um, I've bought some smart lights. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a whole new world that's just opening up to me. <laughs> awesome. So is this like
1: um, it's all set up with uh, HomeKit and that side sort of stuff?
0: Yeah, it can also work with the Echo. So it can work with HomeKit and Echo, which is quite cool. Oh, awesome. So it's um it's the stuff from IKEA. Uh I think it's relatively new, their smart lighting range. It's really great so far. It's um seemingly like really affordable when you compare it to things like the Philips Hue. It's funny because we had these um LED lights in our front room where we watch TV. And we wanted it on a dimmer switch so we could get them like nice and low because otherwise we found it too bright and startling while we're trying to watch the TV. So we looked online for dimmer switches and we found that you had to find a special one to work with LEDs because I I guess they like low voltage or low wattage or low something to do with electricity. Yep. um, When compared to like your traditional halogen bulbs. So the dimmer switch has to work at a much finer tolerance because it's working at much lower levels. If that makes sense, that makes
1: sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, in reality, every I don't know twenty minutes, half an hour, they would just start flickering at random, um, and you'd have Ooh. to go and sort of wiggle the dimmer switch, and it would sort of find its feet again, and then it would you'd see the dimmer switch kind of catch up, and it would set right. itself to a, a new dim level, and you dare not to touch it because <laughs> if you did, you, you're going to be in the same boat all over again, and also. That got us thinking about the bathroom because we've got one of those kind of like pool cord things you know, from the ceiling to turn the light on yep. in the bathroom. With Charlie's room being kind of the bathroom downstairs is kind of equidistant between the two upstairs bedrooms where Charlie is and baby number two will go. Yeah, And it makes a horrible noise throughout the house when you click that switch to the point where when Charlie was like a newborn... Um, and maybe up to six, eight, nine months. If he was asleep and you pulled on that cord, chances are it'd wake him up, because it it really is quite a a horrible noise, and it sort of echoes through the the ceiling, which is essentially like a drum skin in our house. It's not good. So IKEA do a a little pack where it gives you an IR sensor that you can pop up on the wall and pair it to the bulb in the bathroom. So whenever we walk into the bathroom now, the light comes on, which is quite nice.
1: (laughs) When you leave, Uh, obviously it pops off.
0: Yeah, well, on the back of the dimmer switch, you've got like these little um, switches that you've kind of turned with a coin to set them. Yes. So you can set like one minute, five minute, ten minutes. And it also you can have it in sort of night mode and day mode. So in day mode, it will just come on regardless of what time of day it is. Um, The light will just come on, but we've got it in night mode. So it'll only come on when it's dark outside, essentially. Um, And it will then also put itself on at quite a low level. So if you were to go to the bathroom in the night, you're not going to get sort of startled by a hundred percent lit LED. You will come on at like 20 or 30%. I think it is. That's cool. And then finally, (laughs) uh, um, I've got one in uh, the office where I'm recording now because quite often the times I'm in the office, like kind of right now is generally when sunset is. So I'll start by not having the light on because you don't need it on. Um, And over the course of an hour or so you do need it on. And again, with the walls and ceilings being like drum skins in this house, uh, the switch, which is quite an aggressive switch that we've got, sort of makes a douche like a thud noise, and that's uh, the wall that it's on sort of joins what will be the baby's bedroom. Right. And again, when Charlie was in there as a, as a as a young baby, it would quite often wake him up if I turned the light on or turned the light off when I finished in the office. So oh, right. we've got a smart light in here now as well. Um, and I've got it got the Home app running on my Mac, so I can turn the light on and off, dim it, uh, set the dim level is that the uh the, the marzipan app that uh, that yeah. app
1: is infamously that yeah
0: yeah it just seems all right i mean yeah there's room for improvement don't get me wrong but it, it's working cool and we've got like these little uh sort of wireless dimmer switches that ikea sell they're only like eight pounds each um and you compare up to 10 lights with each dimmer switch so right while they're all smart lights um we've kind of Still got like a traditional mechanism of using a light that like normal people are going to be familiar with. So if we have people yeah. to stay, that they're going to see a dimmer switch that they can turn, and it will just operate the lights as if it's a, if it's like a normal dimmer switch. Um, what
1: do you do with your um, your original light switch? Do they sort of get hard set to on?
0: Um, no, what I've been doing is uh, I've taken all the light switches off. I've sort of joined the cables that went through the switch, and yeah. I've got some blank faceplates. And then the dimmer switches Ikea give you, um, they come with a bit of double-sided tape on the back. And yeah. then you just stick that, or I've stuck that, to the uh, the, the faceplates. All right, okay. So it's so, a complete replacement. Yeah, essentially. But, you know, to the average kind of passerby, it looks like a just a dimmer switch on a faceplate, like a regular dimmer switch would, but it's actually like an Ikea smart light thing.
1: Oh, that's really cool.
0: The bathroom we don't have a switch at all now. It's just off the light sensor, so that could be interesting tonight when we like come to go to bed and like we're sort of dancing around the bathroom trying to make it come on or something. <laughs> everything else for the most part is um yeah, is is all good. And I bought one of these little hub things as well, the Ikea cell, um, that connects into the, the router or router, depending on where you are. Yeah. Um yeah. and that then sort of opens it up to HomeKit and Alexa and everything, so yeah, I've literally been sort of scurrying around downstairs. We got back from IKEA like I don't know, three or four hours ago, and ever since I've been like running around the house doing all this stuff. Um, and then sort of you messaged uh, on Slack to say <laughs> you were up. And I sort of did a Homer Simpson scream and um, ran up here to turn the computer on because I kind of forgot we were recording. So <laughs> I kind oh, of got so into the lights. But yeah, so far so good.
1: So yeah, if if you're plunged into into darkness in a bit, then we know it's not quite worked out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just kind of like open my eyes to what's possible. Like I'm looking at all sort of smart locks and everything now, but that's probably a bad idea. Impressed at how affordable it was.
1: Yeah, that that's, that sounds like things have um, have kind of reached a different kind of phase. Because I remember, yeah. like all these things, the the Hue and that sort of stuff when they first came out, I was looking at sort of going, mm, that's that's kind of outside of what I would just sort of you know go and buy. Um, I mean, like they they were. Reasonable for what they were and everything else, but it, it the 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 sort of buy in, if you like, to to take everything that way was was quite high.
0: Yeah, I mean, we um, did everything I've just told you for for about uh, I think it's like a hundred and one pounds or something. What it came to. Yeah, that, that included four bulbs for the front room, uh, GU10 bulbs, like the little tiny sort of halogen esque things. Um, right. So four of them, a like an E27 bulb, kind of like the big screw in type bulbs. Um, So one of those for the bathroom with the uh, motion sensor and another one for upstairs. Um, But of course, all of our light fittings have got those bayonet fittings on them. Yeah. Um, So I've had to buy adapters for those, but that was like a pound for a two-pack. Ikea sell those as well. Right. Um, Yeah. And obviously, the the hub thing, the hub uh, that plugs into the router was £25, I think. And dimmer dimmer switches are like £8. It's all pretty cheap, really, relative to... Kind of what's out there
1: uh, that's sounding a lot more affordable to me yeah that's that's cool
0: yeah i mean we initially went went down there just with the idea of sorting out the front room because they were flickering and it was getting quite bad and we thought let's just get these ikea ones because the dimming takes place kind of locally on each bulb yes is our dimmer switch trying to you know manipulate electricity to do all four of them at once you know through a traditional bulb and then we got down there and we we're kind of, like, oh, you know, we could get this hub thing and then we could get this thing for the bathroom because the bathroom things are pain and then upstairs as well. And before you know it, we've done kind of most of the house. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's, it's all good. The event. I literally uh, have made no notes. I've got four bullet points in front of me. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the first one being Brooklyn, because that's where it's being held. Um I, I don't know about you, I was kind of expecting them to hold it again in the Steve Jobs theatre, just because, I don't know, kind of like, get get your money's worth out of that theatre, right? <laughs> it must have cost them a lot of money. Absolutely, uh, yeah,
1: that's a little surprising. Um, that I wonder if that's going to be part of, you know, like, an obvious part of the
0: event itself. It's going to become obvious, I think, on the day, isn't it? Yeah. Like there must be some kind of theme or something they're going for, especially with the artwork that's been going around. I don't know if you've seen like there's like eighty different versions or something of the logo. Loads, that, yeah. Um they all kind of look a little bit like hand drawn or, or like designed. In, it's almost like they're kind of leaning into the creative pro, maybe with the with the iPad, which I guess would fit the narrative of Photoshop coming yep. to the iPad that we saw last week. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's all going to become clear on the day. I would imagine like the theme will kind of expose itself throughout the uh, the keynote i think we'll probably get a better sense of why that is how does that affect you like watching it the time zones and stuff it does yeah yeah so that pushes
1: it um pushes it back by three hours i think oh
0: so uh, what's that like 2 a.m or something
1: yeah i'm just trying to figure it out actually um but yeah i think it it, it makes it actually quite prohibitive for me to to even bother sort of being up
0: it's kind of like do you stay up or do you get up it's kind of one of those isn't it
1: yeah yeah it's on the edge of that so it's 17 hours difference it's quite awkward that's 17 hours behind you yeah so effectively like seven hours ahead rather but yesterday wow Um, (laughs) so what what sort of time is the event going to be if it's at a regular kind of 10 a.m um then that puts it at three in the morning my time Yeah, it's gonna be
0: yeah, it's gonna be three in the afternoon here. So that'd be right if we're twelve hours apart at the moment, yeah. With our time zones,
1: I'll I'll catch up when I get up and I'll I'll watch highlights. I'm just not not gonna be able to get up for that time, which is a shame because I'm actually really quite interested in this this event. This this event is, you know, potentially going to bring updates to the the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini, and although I'm not in a position at the moment to necessarily pick anything up, I'm quite interested in where the Mini is going, uh, just because that that probably will be my next sort of home computer for me. I'm going to kind of miss out there, I guess, because of the time zones. But
0: well, I, if if it's any consolation, I'm I may miss out as well because we're um, taking a holiday to a, a like a, a camping park site thing um, that week. And I guess I'll have to see how good the signal is in terms of getting some 4G so I can stream it. Um, yeah. So in terms of time of day, three in the afternoon is not bad because I guess Charlie will probably have a nap around then so I can kind of <laughs> just like huddle in the corner with my phone and, and watch the event. Um, failing that, maybe... I don't know. Maybe, maybe they've got some Wi-Fi somewhere on the site, like at the bar or something. I, I don't know, so I can maybe do that. But yeah, there, there is a there is a chance, a reasonable chance that I may miss out as well, which would be a shame because I'm kind of more excited about this event than I was for the September event because I, I didn't really feel in the market for any of that stuff. Yeah, um, although it's all lovely. Don't get me wrong; it's all great. Really, really pleased it's out there for other people. But for me, I'm yeah, I've got the ten, and I don't feel the need for a new watch. So it's kind of like, what what do I get? Nothing. So. Yep. With this, I'm kind of in the market for it, but not really. Um, I'm not really interested in an iPad just because, well, I guess I'm just not that interested in the iPad in general, um, which I I still think is a shame because I would like to be into the iPad, but I just can't, I don't really feel like I am into it, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, With the Mac Mini, I'm interested to see what happens there, just kind of out of curiosity. I, I don't think I would ever end up with one but it's the the MacBook that's going to be interesting um and I've probably been talking about this now for several weeks on and off on the show but for me that's going to be the one to watch because if we see some kind of radical new design much like we saw kind of with the 12-inch MacBook um that set the stage for what the MacBook Pros became yep um so I'm starting to think now well do we see something new again Albeit at the consumer level, because I'm guessing this is like a MacBook Air replacement, possibly even like a $999 machine. So again, while it may not be the machine I want for for what I do, it could very well inform what the next round of MacBook Pros could be. And it's feasible that those new MacBook Pros could come next summer. I mean, that'd yep. be three years since the last since the introduction of the current generation back in 2016. And you know, they've been pretty polarizing and controversial. Since they since they began, so while three years would kind of be the lower lower end of when you'd expect um, Apple to completely refresh a design, you know, quite often it's four or five years. But I think given how polarizing they've been, maybe three years wouldn't be such a shock to see them uh, do a rethink of the MacBook Pro based on yeah some kind of technology advancement or, or something that we might see in in this new MacBook. I could be like way off here, but that's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we see some kind of some kind of new thing with, with a MacBook that it's kind of obvious, you know, the penny will drop when we see it, but, oh, uh, okay, so that's obviously going to find its way to the MacBook Pro.
1: I think you're right. Uh, that's kind of why I'm quite interested in sort of seeing what happens with, with those devices as well, is this is hopefully a sort of waypointer a signpost, if you like, for what could be happening next with the MacBook Pros. And, I mean, even if you just saw a new keyboard design that would be enough right regardless of anything else you know um hypothetical arm chips or whatever to one side i mean i don't think that arm is happening this time round. um i'll be amazed and interested if it does but I, I don't think that's what this event is about uh but yeah a new keyboard could be quite interesting i i wonder if there could be some sort of completely different kind of display on the go if not for kind of like the Air option, then maybe for what the MacBook is becoming. Yeah. So if you sort of think about like the existing MacBook 12 inch, the the adorable or however <laughs> you want to dub it. Yeah, that's kind of um, a premium compared to the MacBook Air now. So I was thinking this through earlier on, like if you wanted to keep a device in that sort of range, but it's not specifically a pro, then, you know, how how does it distinguish itself when the Air gets a retina screen, for example, or gets USB-C as well, um, or removes the, uh, the gigantic bevel around the outside of its screen? You know, how do you distinguish the two? And then I was thinking, well, Dart mode on Mojave, for me, doesn't feel like it makes sense on my my machine for me. I keep sort of turning it off and then putting it back to have a look. It just doesn't quite click for me. And I was thinking, well, okay, what sort of device would really benefit by having this in the operating system ahead of time, you know? And the answer to that for me is, is one that's potentially got something different going on with the screen. Whether that's sort of an OLED screen or something like that. um, I don't know. I don't actually feel like I know enough about the costing of the technology or that side of stuff to really make a proper kind of call on that. But directionally, if the uh, 12 inch MacBook or whatever it becomes kind of has that better screen, then that, Still gives it that notch ahead of the the MacBook Air when the MacBook Air gets a Retina screen.
0: Do you think they'll even call it the MacBook Air though?
1: I think the naming could change on both of them, and and you know it could be consolidated just into MacBook. Probably quite. That's easily. what I'm hoping.
0: Yes, yeah. that's, that's what I'm hoping. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just so confusing. It'd be really nice if they could just clean up this whole MacBook mess. So we've got MacBook like a twelve inch like the adorable maybe stays put, and a 13-inch or maybe a 14-inch if they can get a bigger screen in the same size chassis relative to the 13-inch MacBook Air, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you you say about um, the screen possibly going OLED, I guess the, the first red flag that comes up for me would be image retention. Um, yeah. Maybe in a desktop environment that might be a problem. But then maybe just the fact that it's smaller and it's the really super portable one, Maybe that can command a higher price. I mean, look at the, um, yeah, you know, the iPhone XS and the XR. The XR is the bigger one, right? Yep. But it's cheaper, so it maybe wouldn't. That could be a nod to maybe sort of where Apple is willing to go when it kind of sort of works out its business models. Maybe it could be that the, the twelve-inch MacBook stays at twelve fifty. I think it's twelve fifty. It starts at, um, and maybe there could be a thirteen point three or something like that. That sits at the nine 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 mark. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that that kind of thing wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. To be perfectly honest, it's almost like the the portability is kind of what you are paying for there. Um,
1: possibly, possibly. I mean that that though is the kind of delineation between devices. That that example there of the ten R and and the t- um and the ten um that delineation between the two those it's more about it's more than just size. Mm -hmm. it's also the screen and that that side of stuff as well so that was kind of why i was thinking well maybe you know the the 12 inch macbook gets something like that that makes it stand out a little bit as well
0: it's gonna be interesting isn't it because yeah how how do they do this how do they because surely they're not going to make the 12 inch macbook like 850 or something so that the 13 inch can come in at 999 no um I can't see that happening. So yeah, what there's going to have to be some kind of value proposition for the twelve inch to keep it at the same price at least, or unless that becomes the nine ninety nine model and the thirteen inches at twelve fifty. I, I I don't know. Um, this really is going to be one of those we have to wait and see. Yeah, and I'm almost as interested to see kind of a do they just kill the MacBook Air name? I hope they do and just put everything under MacBook and then yep. if they do how do they sort of order the devices in terms of price uh, and positioning it's going to be that's going to be very interesting to see so yeah while, while I'm you know not in the market for it um sort of directly I feel like I kind of am indirectly in a way uh, yeah so that's going to that's going to be the one to watch for me um i suppose a close second place would be the mac mac mini just because i've never owned one likely to never own one but there's something about that machine that's really cool to me. Sort of looking at what, what people do with Mac minis always surprises me when I hear what people do. So I'd like to see them kind of lean into that side because I feel I feel like when the Mac Mini was first announced, it was almost like the cheap way to almost try out the Mac ecosystem. Because what were they, four ninety nine?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, um it was positioned very, very much to get people to switch from PC
0: yeah um, and i, I think, that, think was, that was that
1: was a thing. great a great thing right yeah yeah and 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 in a lot of ways i could say for me it, it worked on that basis you know we we were able to um decommission a a family uh, machine that was a pc replace that with a mac mini quite comfortably because you know the cost the cost of getting on board with it was was pretty entry level and I mean at the time we did that I I actually picked up a, a refurb mac mini so it was cheaper again <laughs> um yeah so yeah absolutely the mac, mac mini was brought in to sort of help people switch from from pcs I think was was one of the main use cases but these days they, they get used for all sorts you know they, they get used for um mini servers is quite a typical use case or even just a an extra machine to sort of sit on somebody's desktop running other tasks i've, I've seen it used for automation and, and doing automated builds and that sort of stuff you know as an exco build server so yeah i'm really keen to sort of see what direction they're going to take with the Mat mini because i think it's it's kind of it straddles a couple of different use cases at the moment it's still got that kind of entry level to the mac desktop environment aspect to it you know it's, it's cheaper than, than going all in on an imac it's got this other aspect to it where it can be stuck inside of a rack uh, with a load of other ones and used as sort of like this you know a uh, cluster of mac minis to do various different server tasks you can use them in that sort of way it's got this kind of extra machine just for sort of running as as a some sort of kind of specific use server on somebody's desk people use them as media servers yeah i'm I'm sort of super interested to see well okay what's the direction here it it kind of it's different to the mac pro but
0: overlaps a
1: little bit as well
0: yeah it's almost like the the role that it served when it was first introduced as like a gateway into the the mac desktop ecosystem I, i wonder whether that that's even a role that that needs to be filled these days because that's almost kind of like what the iPad's doing now. It's exactly that, yeah. Like, in some ways, we've turned a corner where, you know, to get into the Apple ecosystem, it's not via the Mac anymore. It's probably either via an iPhone or an iPad. I I, I don't know. I feel like now general-purpose computing takes place on an iPad or even an iPhone. Like, for a lot of people now, iPhones are kind of primary computing devices. Yep. So that then... Leaves the question. So, what 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 is the Mac Mini for? And like what you just said, there is exactly is exactly what it's for. Kind of like doing you know server based automation tasks. People using them for you know their their own things in quite funky, cool ways. So, I think that's where they've got to lean into. That that's that's for me where where it's going. I think if I were looking to stay on the desktop long term with my sort of computing needs, um, and I was looking to get rid of my iMac for whatever reason, I think it could become what I would look at because um, I was kind of looking at what what I really need from my computer at the moment and essentially I need a load of RAM, an SSD and a nice fast CPU. Yeah, you can pretty much get all that within a Mac Mini or what a new Mac Mini could be. Um there's, I, don't, I see there's no real reason that you couldn't have the same kind of CPUs that are in the MacBook Pros in a Mac Mini yeah, like these new six-core i7 slash i9s. So if you could configure a Mac Mini to have that kind of spec, but just with a fairly modest GPU, great. And I suppose if, if you do need the GPU, just buy a, a an external GPU. So yeah, desktop wise, i I could see could see a Mac Mini potentially fit in the bill quite nicely. But um, you know, as we've discussed several times by now, probably I'm kind of looking at um, ditching the desktop and going back to like a one one machine uh MacBook Pro set up and just kind of yep. dock with a monitor kind of thing. But yeah, I I I still would love to see the Mac Mini kind of get get a decent update. Um and given the position we are in now where the Mac Mini doesn't need to serve that role as being like the cheap intro into the Apple ecosystem, it would be interesting to see what ideas Apple have got. Maybe now that doesn't have to be taken into account so much. I don't know. Yep. Yeah.
1: Be interesting. So I I think there's there's something here within within all of this for me, which is we're seeing like a, updates to the Mac is is kind of what we're really hoping for, I guess, here. I think the iPad's gonna be quite a big part of the event. Okay, I think the the um drawings of the logo and all of that is is kind of pointing to the use of the pencil. And that means I guess that the iPads that are coming out are all going to support the pencil across the range or something like that. It's gonna be quite quite a big part of it. But I think for me that this thing about the Mac updates is it's also about investment in the Mac as a platform overall. You know, this is about, okay, we've had Mojave and um, like I say, I'm still in two modes about dark mode, but there's new Macs indicate that Apple is still investing in the Mac as a viable thing. And what those new Macs are also indicate direction for their, their bigger brothers and the rest of the, the platform. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that that aspect of it is what is really making me sort of look forwards to this event, and I think also another aspect that is really making me look forwards to this is we've not really had that many big leaks just yet. Oh, just wait, <laughs> yeah, okay, there's still time um you know, and as soon as I've said that, that means there's gonna be one um so yeah, maybe timing of putting out this episode or something is gonna get gazumped by that but but so far. Um, it feels like at this stage, you know a week ahead of the um of the iPhone event, we knew an awful lot of what was coming, and I still feel like i don 't have a clear view of exactly what 's coming next week and and that 's kind of cool you know it 's been a while since i 've sort of had this feeling this this close to the event
0: it's starting to make me nervous in a way <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now that I've said that, <laughs> well, you know, we're so close. It's like, well, you know, it, it's now the thing that you know, seven days out, eight days out. Well, we eight days out at the moment as we record. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we should probably hang up this call and and you know, sort of check all the rumor sites because it's probably all breaking like, as we as we speak. But <laughs> I, you know, I really hope we can we can get to get to the day and genuinely be surprised. Um, that that would be awesome. And, and I hope if someone does find something, maybe they keep their mouth shut to be quite honest. Um, yeah. And obviously they won't because, you know, fair enough, I, I want to have a surprise. But then, you know, there's kind of, you know, market forces, I guess, at play. You know, people make a lot of money from this, I suppose, through clicks and advertising and all the rest of it. Absolutely,
1: so. yeah. 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 So I'm I'm hoping we can stay leak-free uh, between now and then. And, and if not, you know, this is out of date and all of that, but hey, yeah, let it be known that yeah, that that was something we were looking forward to, and 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 that feeling of oh, we really don't know what's coming. That, that is actually quite an exciting thing, and it's just it's nice to have that again, even if it's only fleeting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's also super nice to kind of have it about the the Mac as well. Yeah.
0: So, oh, I've just thought. Do you think that the new MacBook will get like a, a liquid retina screen? It's possible. Yeah. So, so it kind of like go goes around the curves of the of the chassis
1: yeah going into the edges I mean like I say as long as it can distinguish itself from the next one down then it still justifies it being a separate thing
0: because I, I was um, during the summer we were travelling back from Norwich and there's a service station with a massive Starbucks in it and there was there was someone working on a smallish laptop I don't know what it was maybe a Lenovo I, I, I can't remember but the screen looked like it was going pretty much edge to edge it just looked like so cool and i'm thinking yeah you look at the stuff that apple are putting out and it's really not doing that is it Um, no right now but now we've seen kind of this liquid retina technology with the iphone 10r where an lcd can go right into the edges and follow the curve of the corners of the device which used to be kind of sort of oled exclusive territory really yeah that'd be if that could come to some come to the max that could be quite interesting maybe face id as well just kind of thinking out loud here now, actually. <laughs> I don't know, I didn't think of this when we were actually talking about it 20 minutes ago. But... But
1: th- these are all things that, that could come. I, I mean, I think it would be very nice to see Face ID, you know, hit, hit the Mac. It just seems like a bit more of an obvious... Um, place for it to be used than the um than touch id actually because you know you've already got a camera looking straight out at you when you've got it turned on and i don't know i I always sort of felt like touch id was kind of fighting for um for functionality on on the macbook pro um in a sense of like it's it's a key in an area where it's supposed to be touch and it's got a very specific use and yeah just sort of felt a bit bit odd but yeah, Face ID for me feels like that that could could be better fit on the Mac. So that'd be really cool to see. I I also wonder though um, the the 10 has all these different colorings, and I kind of wonder whether we might see that come to one of the Macs. Pot- potentially to would fit the um, the MacBook Air replacement a bit better than than the MacBook. Maybe.
0: See, I keep thinking while we've been recording this that they're just going to like the MacBook and whatever this is is going to merge into like one thing and it would just be like a 12-inch version of it and a 13-inch version of it. I don't know, I could be way off though, but yeah, colours would be interesting. Because when was the last time we had some actual colour on a MacBook? A long while ago, it feels like anyway.
1: <laughs> and I don't really count like rose gold as being a colouring, it, it's a, a still a metallic colour, it's not the same. Because I sort of keep, you know, I hark back to kind of the iBook days and the sort of Bondi blue colourings and that sort of stuff, and... You know, I mean, like maybe a modern take on that isn't quite as as in your face in the same way, but but maybe these anodized, these colorings that we've got on the the 10R, maybe there is something to transfer there back to a MacBook in our part of the range, not the Pro, but yeah, perhaps in that sort of lower end sort of end, um, you know, a MacBook for the masses or however you want to kind of think of it yeah and, and i would actually be quite excited to see that 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 would be you know kind of a return to the the apple of yore for me in a sense of, of them having fun it's, it's kind of why i like the look of the 10r as well have you have you made a decision on that yet pretty sold that i'm probably going towards the 10r um, really yeah yeah, oh, yeah i am cool. actually um I, I thinking through the um the sort of different decision making with it all it, it kind of just feels like the right decision for me at this stage
0: yeah No, I think so.
1: Yeah, you know, like I'll get one in a particular colour. It'd be uh, very interesting if there was a a Mac that could match that colour as well. Just just from a completely, (laughs) you know, selfish aesthetic kind of thing.
0: No, it's cool. It's cool because like, you know, like we were saying a minute ago, the fact that we're just able to have this conversation and most of it centres around wouldn't it be cool if, and that word if is kind of so key to it all. And it's like, we just don't know. I just really hope we can be saying this this time next week, like an hour before the keynote, or a minute before the keynote. You know, just yep. like wondering, um, yeah, I kind of, I've kind of missed this. Does that make sense? Like, it seems like even even before we've seen like proper proper leaks, we've we've sort of known for the most part through kind of not leaks but pretty solid rumors. Yes. Um, and then when you do finally see the leak, it's like, well, I kind of knew it was going to look like that anyway. But yeah, I mean, this, with this this MacBook, we literally know nothing. The Mac Mini, we know nothing. The iPad, yeah. I guess, you can kind of project what you think it's going to be based on what we've seen with the phones. Yes, um, yeah, very much. In my head, I've just kind of got, if you imagine the, the thickness of, or the depth of the notch, I kind of imagine that sort of going all the way around the device. As in, that would be like the the, the width of the, the bezel. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like curved corners. But then again, that's just me sort of projecting what, what I've seen. And I think that would make sense, but yeah with the other stuff we just we just don't have a clue and that's it's awesome (laughs) right yeah
1: yeah yeah it really is so i really hope that continues and who knows maybe just over a week from now i'll be sort of kicking myself i didn't get up and sort of see it live
0: we'll call that a wrap if you've enjoyed today's show it'd be great if you could leave us a review on itunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in overcast by hitting that star button that will help us reach even more like-minded people Um, also we have our slack channel we'd love to invite you to join our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out if you'd like to join uh just leave us a message on twitter at wfr podcast and we'll get you signed up so dave before we run off where can people find you you can find me on Twitter at
1: DWRoboHeads, that's RoboHeads spelt with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com, again that's RoboHeads spelt with a Z. How about you Dave?
0: You can follow me online at davenot.co.uk or on Twitter I'm at underscore DaveKnot.